0: You're listening to the Everyman Podcast. This is episode 43 with Aaron Brandt. I'm excited to share. I'm going to be giving a TEDx talk at the TEDx Bozeman event in about six weeks' time at the end of April. My talk is going to be a distilled version of all the stuff I yak about on this podcast all the time about how, as men... We have an opportunity and I would even say an impetus to step up and protect our families and our communities from the things that are hurting us, which I would argue amongst many things are our internal demons and our repression and our disconnection from each other. I think that is the name of the game right now that a lot of what we're seeing in our culture from the shootings to the abuse that has spurred the Me Too movement and the suicide rate and the opioid epidemic, the deaths of despair, all this stuff, I don't necessarily think this is all brand new. But I do think that our ability to take care of ourselves and each other on in an internal way can make a huge difference in all of these issues. And that's what I'll be talking about in the TED Talk. I'm sorry, the TEDx Talk. I can't call it a TED Talk because it's different, and it's not. But I'm really excited for it. And I bring that up because our guest today, Erin Brandt, she helped me craft my talk. And it's not done yet, but her feedback was really, really, really helpful. Erin is a coach and a body worker and works deeply with men specifically. She actually travels around the country to work with men's groups and then also does individual sessions with men. And she has something really special, 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 special to give. And in this podcast, what you'll hear, uh, she really gives perspective on where she's coming from and why she has this gift. And uh, it's pretty remarkable to hear. It was really remarkable to sit down with her and I'm really proud to have her on the show. You can find her website at appreciatingmen.com. And if you resonate with what she's saying, if this makes sense to you, reach out. She's incredible. I would recommend anyone I know uh, to work with her if that feels right. Before we get to our conversation, I'll just give a little recap and update on where we're at at Everyman. This week, I'm going to be headed to Racebrook Lodge, our East Coast home, along with Owen Marcus and Brad Golfany. Both of them have been on this show. Uh, The three of us will be leading the MELT training, which is masculine or men's emotional leadership training. I'm super excited. We've got 25 guys coming. We have this pattern of overselling our retreats right now which is a really great problem to have, I guess. So yeah, we're going to be teaching and practicing and learning. I'm really excited for this. We're going to have a bunch of guys really deepening their ability and their skills to facilitate what we do. And that just makes me real happy to think about. And then about a month from now, almost exactly a month from now, we'll be back at Racebrook for our next open source retreat. And this is going to be the last one for most of this year. We'll probably be doing a couple at the end of the year, but this would be the opportunity. If this is something you've been thinking about or even if it's new to you right now, we have our wilderness expeditions coming up this summer. But those are a longer and bigger commitment. So if you want to get in on, an, on one more weekend retreat, this is your opportunity. I think we have about 10 spots left. Open source, I've talked about it a bunch before. If you haven't heard, it is a 48 hour experience, roughly, and is really designed very specifically to drop you right into the depths of who you are, what you haven't been saying in life, what you want, where you want to go, and doing this together with a group of men who are there to do the exact same thing. It's like a massive accelerator for your own growth and for you to sort of get on the path to where you're going. This is a big, big burst of energy. And I've raved about it on this podcast and I'm super proud of it. So yeah, I'd encourage you come with us, come hang out for a weekend and just see the reality of what happens when we get together like this. And then I do want to talk a little bit about our next Wilderness Expedition too, and that is going to be the third week of June. All of this stuff you can find on our website, everyman.co, eVryman.co dot The Wilderness Expedition is basically the best week of my entire life where <laughs> we're going to have 15 guys fly in and we're going to spend a week together in the mountains of Montana, End of June is one of the most brilliant and beautiful times of the year here. There might still be snow up in the hills. There might not. Generally speaking, there's flowers bursting all over the place. It's green. That's so the expedition. Is we start out and we spend a day and a half in the front country. We do some fishing or some rafting and we get outside. But we take that first couple days. It's, it almost mirrors what our open source retreat is. So It's a big, deep, intense dive together as a group. and Then we hit the trail. And we last time, I think we did like a 70 mile expedition through Yellowstone National Park. One of the most remote and well, not remote, but um, pristine and untouched ecosystems in the lower 48. We saw bighorn sheep and we saw a lone buffalo. Uh, We saw some elk. We saw tons of bear tracks and wolf tracks. We didn't actually see any of the predators last year, which most guys were fine with. But, man, is it a good time. Uh, Aaron Blaine is going to be co-leading with me. He's an incredible guy, an incredible leader, and I'm honored to be doing it with him. So I don't know if no else to say about it, but uh, come with. You're invited. Make it happen. And last but not least, I want to just throw something out because it's been sitting with me a bunch, both since this last retreat and some things that have happened in my life. These experiences that we're doing are incredibly, incredibly special to do with someone that you love or someone that you know, whether that's a friend, a longtime friend, or a brother or a father. The, one of the co-founders, Lucas Crump, has been on all of our retreats and, and you know helped and, and led and facilitated our retreats. And he's had two of his brothers there, and other men have had their family members there. And it's really, really, really a special thing and it's not only special for the family members it's special for everybody else that gets to be there and observe and be a part of that reconnection because that's ultimately what happens is a reconnection in a new and uh powerful way and i have a little a little nervousness to share this but my dad is actually coming on the next open source retreat in april and i am so 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 excited about it a little scared but mostly excited so as you're thinking about joining us if you're thinking about joining us think about who you could bring that really means something to you that if you connected with them on a deeper level would really elevate your life and their life and your relationship and just make life a uh, a more fulfilling thing all right enjoy the show and take care everybody <laughs> Well, cool. Mm. Um, So I got this new thing that I don't tell my guests when we start. Oh yeah. So we might have started already, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't get your sneeze in there, so that's fair. That's good. Why don't you introduce yourself? Start there.
1: Okay. Um, My name is Aaron Brandt, and what do you want me to know? Because I've been alive for. Decades decades
0: <laughs> What is well, you know our audience and you know the purpose of this podcast mm. for the most part? What mm. do you feel is most important to share? Okay about you?
1: Um, so I've been a men's coach for nine years. I like to say man coach because it's way more fun <laughs> um, and I was doing my coaching training um, and six different guys in my coaching training came up to me and said You should really work with men. And I was like, why?
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they were like,
1: because you love men and you're really direct. And men need that. They need the directness coming from a place of love, not coming from a, let me tell you how it is. Now I have authority to talk directly to you, but they need it coming from love. Cool. Um, So... And that's what I've been. And so I was weaning myself out of doing massage hmm. um, for 20 years and doing. Um, uh, and I teach partner dancing. So lots of nonverbal communication between the leading position and the following position, which is often men and women. Sure. But not
0: necessarily. So partner dancing, which specific styles?
1: I'm um, well, what does that I, mean?
0: mean? I I'm not,
1: Partner dancing. Yeah, It means, like, means like not. Uh, ecstatic dance. It right. means not like going to dance at a club. It yeah. means like salsa and Zydeco and waltz and cool. blues and like your body, you you have a frame. There is a lead and a follow.
0: Yeah. 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 I would love to learn how to dance better. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I'd because
1: the reason it's so important is that, and the reason that it's so dicey to begin to learn with your life partner is that, um,
0: It's dicey, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. When you start with your life partner. Okay. Because so much of our existence as men and women um, is focused on safety. Mm. I mean, human beings, right? We don't have the claws and the teeth and all that, right? So, but in terms of gender, like so much of us is focused on safety. Like as women, some part of our brain is really aware that we are the, quote, smaller and weaker, Mm -hmm. right? And some part of guys' brains is really, is aware that like, ooh, I'm the bigger one. Mm -hmm. I'm the protector in this situation. So we need our animal brains, like our lizard brains, our focus of, everyone's is focused on safety. Mm -hmm. And ours is focused on needing safety and yours is focused on providing safety. So we're this perfect match together. Yeah. And when you on the dance floor, as my partner, who is in charge in some way in both of our lizard brains for my safety, and you don't know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. it just sets off all the alarm bells in my head. <laughs> like, holy shit, I am entrusting you with my physical safety. Right. And you don't know, not only do you not know what you're doing for yourself, but you sure as fuck don't know what you're doing. Can I say that?
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. yeah.
1: And you don't know where you're bringing me and where you're leading me and where you're moving me. Yeah. So all of my alarm bells are going off and I am going to be critical as all fuck about I can actually
0: be do. really relate to that just in the sense of that I have a really hard time with authority, especially when that authority um, I don't respect it, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I don't feel like I'm being guided mm-hmm. the right way, mm-hmm. fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, so we can. <laughs> I relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We as the Enneagram Aids. Yeah. Can totally relate to that.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Just uh I'm so every time we say some sort of uh, weirdo speak that most people don't understand, I like to highlight it. So, awesome. Aaron, Aaron and I talked um, this last week for the first time, and there's a thing out there called the Enneagram where you find out you could probably describe it better, but I don't want to take too much time on it. But we're this it's, we're, it's a personality type, yeah, assistant. it's a personality type. So, we have the same personality type, which is interesting. And, um, yeah, so we first came into contact about, uh, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half, two years, even a while back.
1: Um, not quite a year ago.
0: Not quite a year ago. And you've been traveling around working with men's groups all over the country, yeah. right? And, uh, maybe partially due to the fact that we're the same personality type or, <laughs> or just for, for my general grumpiness. Um, yeah, I, our first interactions were a little terse hmm. to say, um, mm-hmm. but that's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay. So we're in Denver, we're in a uh, hotel uh, workroom and I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm excited we started to talk about safety because I'm here in Denver because I'm auditioning for a TED Talk and I've been spending the last, I don't know, all of my life lately practicing, writing mm. and practicing this mm. thing mm. and it's about safety. Mm. It I mean, fundamentally, that's mm. what it's about. It's, it's fundamentally about mm. that men um, are both... I would say, I guess, you know, the start of one of the first lines is that the world isn't safe for men and men aren't safe for the world right Mm. now. Mm. And uh, so that's fitting that we started there. Mm.
1: And we're also focused on it and rightly focused on it. And what are we going to do with that? What are the like our lizard brains are going to be focused on safety no matter what we do. Mm. Um, And so we can't, this whole like, oh, let's function from our higher selves. Like, yeah, that's lovely. And we are all, we all have lizard brains. We all have, you know, the basic basic brains that are going to be working no matter what. And we have to get to know those really well and include that in our plan because we are never going to be rising above it. Ever, yeah. we can choose in our best moments and or in most of our conscious moments to rise above it. But we have to fucking learn to work with that shit. It's yeah. never going away.
0: No, I, I get it. I mean, I I feel that in a lot of ways. I mean, I, like a fundamental purpose of every man is to create the the societal and relational network that allows our brains to relax to know that we're amongst mm. a community mm. because that's that's fundamental human safety. Mm-hmm. That lone wolves are not. You know that happy or productive yeah. like cause they have to survive mm-hmm. we need each other to survive so that's you know That kind of safety is real, but I, it's it's noticeable in other areas for me, too like, you know being an entrepreneur and launching this whole company and, and putting myself at financial risk I can be as happy and fulfilled as I want mm-hmm. but there's this baseline fear mm-hmm. this baseline like mm-hmm. I don't have enough resource I like I like this not okayness mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's real mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways to be unsafe, but, uh, so teaching dance and now coaching men, mm-hmm. what do you want to say? You, you have, you, you got the mic, <laughs> you got my ears, you got other guys ears. Where do you want to go? And you don't have to decide if you'd rather, not. <laughs> but take the lead if you want it.
1: Um, what comes up? Um, so I was just at the um, at the 1 billion rising March uh, here in Denver um, I went with the mankind project uh, mm. group that went um, and one of the men spoke and I went because I wanted to hear I'm totally gonna cry I really wanted to hear um, a man speak um, in support of, so the one the the march is about one billion women will be um, violated in some way um will have some violence perpetrated against mm. them and let's be aware of that and let's be not in support of that and it and i loved wanting to hear a man um want, wanting to hear him speak up in protection yeah and that i was just like oh this is beautiful and of course there were women who spoke who were still in the in the stage of healing that was just about expressing their pain yeah and that's such an important stage um and what i realized and at some point it became overwhelming for me Mm. you know and that is what i call like the unhealthy feminine stage where like you can get lost in your feelings of overwhelm i can get lost in my feelings of overwhelm of just being impacted so much by the feelings that you can't take action Mm. that i can't take action and and I love the last speaker that was up in particular because she spoke about like that we all, what we have to be focused on is healing. All of us have shit happened to us. All of us actively perpetrate bad shit in this world, man or woman, kid, old person. We all perpetrate bad shit mm. and we all are victims of bad shit. And what are we going to do with that? And part of what I feel like our goal is all humans on this planet is how do we heal the shit that's happened to us? So that, because the way that we got wounded, man or woman, we feel all of the intricacies and all of the like caves and inner uh, nitty gritty little places that got wounded, so we know that wound really well. We know how someone might perpetrate that wound really well. Mm. And when we, fo- and and it's completely compelling, that wound is completely compelling for us to heal. And when we follow that compulsion and when we actually heal it, that can become our greatest gift that we actually give. Yeah. Because cause we know it so fucking well.
0: Well, yeah, totally.
1: And we know, and so that's, but that's what I love. And that's what I want to be focused on with the man woman dynamic is how do we create healing? How do we honor what's similar? How do we honor what's different? How do we get to know the ins and outs of what's different? And how do we stay focused on healing and then creativity, like healing the past and Creativity and taking action moving folder and building bu- Building what we want to build
0: mm-hmm. Now so I, I, I Diverging ideas of how what I want to say and the first is that and I want to maybe put a pin in this but you said that In the context of women and what you were saying was that They can get carried away and lost in emotions to the point that they can't act Anymore? Is that is that a fair paraphrase? Yes. What you said? And
1: not just women. Well, I so that's that where that's I'm going. Like, yeah, yeah. That's
0: where I'm going, because yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, at the heart of some men's deep fear of being emotional. Mm. That mm-hmm. there's it's kind of a a, a one way street yes, yeah, with yeah, yeah. emotions. Yeah. And if you go that direction, I'm not going to be able to get things done. I'm not going and, yeah. and to. And it is true for some men, too. You know, you know, men can be taken out by mm-hmm. their emotions mm-hmm. very easily, too. But I do feel like that's. Uh, some part of the heart of our close off sort of fear of mm-hmm. going there mm-hmm. as men mm-hmm. so we can go there the other thing I'm feeling is that um, yeah so the idea that our biggest pain or wound or whatever however you ever want to talk about it can be it, it it's that's actually been coming up a lot to me and it makes more sense because as you heal something or have to learn something completely for yourself you do you, you've spent a hell of a lot of time there <laughs> you yeah. know and so I mean And I still laugh at it today, but you know this whole thing that I'm all about that. I'm talking about is I mean, I grew up in in a culture in an environment in a family where emotional expression was Non-existent for the most part. So I had to figure it out and now I know the benefit of it I've felt the impact because I think I felt the entire spectrum of of the lack of it all the way to you know a very full experience of it. So now I'm obsessed with it
1: (laughs) So. I think, you know, if we were if we read about, like, if you try and learn something and you read, like, about b- borderline personality disorder, right? Sure, you can learn it, you can memorize it, you can watch videos about it. But if you've experienced it, if you've either had it yourself or mm. you've lived with someone who's had it and you've experienced that pain, you are going to know the ins and outs like nobody else. Mm. You're going to feel it. You're going to smell it. You're going to, like, you know, like... Yeah having received abuse when I was young, I learned to read faces incredibly well. Mm. I learned to read subtleties of facial expressions. I learned to read the pacing of footsteps as they come down to hall. Mm. I learned to read the posture when someone wasn't even facing me. Whoa. Right? And I had to, to protect myself.
2: Whoa. And it makes me
1: exceedingly good at being a coach now. Whoa. So when you learn techniques in a book about how to be a good coach or a good therapist, like, sure, that's great. But when you have lived the pain, Mm -hmm. you become an expert. You become a master. Amazing. When your survival depends on it, you fucking learn that shit.
0: Yeah. So two questions Mm -hmm. at your leisure. So what is your gift and where did it come from? And Mm -hmm. why do you love men so much? (laughs)
1: Um, I think that my gift is, uh, being really good with words. Hmm. Um, and I'm not, you know, I remember listening to my parents dictate letters for, for business to one. like my dad would dictate and my mom would write it down. And then, you know, there would be like grammatical, you know, corrections that they would make. And, and maybe that's it. And my parents had a huge. I can thank my parents so much for having such a huge focus on um, grammar and correct speech hmm. and parts of speech and being, hmm. you know, militaristic about that. Um, and and I and I feel like I'm really good with words now, um, even though I'm stumbling over myself at the moment, or <laughs> whatever. But only you think that, <laughs> or whatever. Even if it's if yeah so I think in general that uh, that I'm good with words mm. and I'm th- and I think that I'm good with feeling something and tracking it in another person mm-hmm. picking up on what they're going through um, and being able to help them identify it by using words and then helping them get to the next place that they want to get to.
0: Mm. Um how that, what's that experience for you so when you're when you're feeling someone else's what they're feeling how do you mm-hmm. receive it what's the experience for you do you feel it in your body is it a is it a visual thing is it auditory is it all kinds of things
1: Yeah it's usually physical and yeah. visual Yeah um but it's not um it's not like people talk about being empaths and they're like oh your feelings take over me and my body and mm. it's not like that mm-hmm. Um I think I learned professional boundaries yeah. uh, really early in massage school like when i was 20 hmm. and so i don't have that which i'm so grateful for that sounds like a very difficult thing to go through um so yeah for me it's um mostly visual and a felt sense in my body got it what was the rest of your question
0: Man, I don't know. I remember my <laughs> other question. My, my other okay. question is why you like men so much.
1: Okay So the first one was about my gift and the, I think that's enough and then why I like men so much because
0: oh, you said love It's different. than like, I did. Yeah,
1: it's true. It's really different. Um, thanks for correcting my words <laughs> Um, I think that because of the wounding that I grew up with um,
0: Are you willing to share what that was a little I mean to whatever you're willing or okay with
1: yeah um in my experience it was physical and verbal abuse from my dad hmm. um and we've we're so we're really close now and it's amazing how he doesn't remember that stuff hmm. um and we um and we talked this past summer and he he just doesn't remember it um and i said that's okay dad I understand that you might not remember it. Um, I know that it happened. And, um, and I get that to protect yourself, you wouldn't have remembered it. And he apologized. And he said, I'm so sorry for the pain that I obviously put you through in the past and what you're still feeling now. And when I told my mom and my son about that, um, we don't remember him apologizing for anything. Wow. So to have such an emotionally literate apology wow. was like it's like being aware that you're that you're sitting inside a miracle, like holy shit like wow. not only did I not <clears throat> think that I needed it, I never expected it, and and to and and some part of me didn't need it because it's already like i know dad you got the same thing when you were growing up that's how you mm. got that way mm. so you received it they probably received it before then you're just passing it on you're doing the best you could and you know at some point in my adult life i had to grieve that that was the best that he could do right that my little girl my little girl self was never ever going to get the dad that she hoped she would have, and that's mine to grieve, um, and so yeah, and it set me set my it set me up for a lifetime of learning and a lifetime of focusing on gender and mm. a lifetime of focusing on power dynamics, and sensing things non-verbally and protecting myself and. Um, And learning to find compassion for people who hurt us people who hurt me Mm -hmm. and how can I see past that to see where's the best that they're doing and what did they learn and how do we take a stand and say no I fucking want something better and sometimes that's really subtle so like the healing that I've done with my dad I started about seven years ago would you like to hear this? Yeah, please. So I realized that I held the belief that everyone in the world is doing the best that they possibly could at any given moment in time with the tools that they have, except my dad. Mm. And when I realized that I held these two hugely disparate, disparate ideas, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. I owe him.
2: Mm.
1: I've spent the better part of, you know, two or three decades assuming that he had bad intentions Mm -hmm. almost all the time. Wow. And I was like, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did the abuse, right? That was bad. But in taking on my shit and my part, I didn't give him... (laughs) Hold on,
0: we got a bad connection for a second here me a new chord sometime sorry keep going
1: um and so that's his to work with the abuse is his to work with if he remembers it when he remembers it whenever he can do that if he can what's mine to work with is really another human being is never doing the best that they can and that's the way i held him wow and so when i switched that when i said oh no here's my commitment from this moment forward, that I will hold whatever he does, absolutely anything as this is his, like he has a good intention here, period. And if I cannot see his good intention in this moment, then I will take myself out. I will give myself a timeout and I will say, I'm sorry, dad, I have to go. I'm going to go. I'll come back in 10 minutes and I'll come back when I have the presence of mind to consider how, that you are having a good intention. Because if, of course he has a good intention.
2: Mm.
1: However fucked up the base is, or his the where his starting point is, he has a good intention to survive, you know, for safety and love, period. Yeah. Those are the two good intentions. And so when I can't see it, I'm triggered. Hmm. <laughs> And so I did this, and I followed it, and I did absolutely nothing else. So even when... uh, I'm trying to think if this would... So uh, I'm trying to think if I should share this example because I wonder if he'll ever hear it. Um, He believes that homosexuality is a sin to the point that all homosexuals should be killed. And I was like... I can't have this conversation with you anymore. I can no longer see your good intention. It's time for me to leave this conversation because I can't, I I can't function, right? Maybe there's a good intention in there somewhere. I'm sure that there is. I'm sure there's some kind of pure soul, something that he is seeking.
2: Hmm. But if
1: I can't see it, doesn't mean I tolerate the behavior. It means that I remove myself from that interaction And I did that religiously. And in six months, without ever telling him that that's what I was doing, within six months, he was complimenting me. He was touching me in a positive way. He was bragging about me to other people. I was like, who is this man? Really? It was a big shift. Huge. Absolutely huge. I never said word one to him. It was just like, number one, he's a man. I know that his focus, I know that his base core line is to protect and to make me happy whoa period number two i know that he's functioning from good intention at all times and that was like those were the two things that i was holding myself utterly strictly with and not telling him just looking at him and thinking those thoughts and behaving with him in that way switched his behavior
0: holy shit
1: if I were in a marriage with someone, I wouldn't stay. If someone like that, like yeah, I wouldn't want yeah. to be doing all of the work that way. Right. But given that I'm blood related and I can't get away, yeah. I might as well fucking take that opportunity to do everything that I possibly can. Jesus. And that is what I did. And we have a different relationship than him and anyone else in my family. Um,
0: That's incredible. Thank you for sharing.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: not to take it too like philosophical here but I I think I share well I'll ask it but I, I believe deeply that I've rarely if ever seen people act out of I think bad intention in mm-hmm. a sense Not not that I haven't seen it but I think the core of people are good uh, this idea of basic human goodness is something that I really believe in yeah
1: And I know people I've talked to say I don't think that's true, and I say, okay, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about that. Yeah, that's the belief that I come from.
0: Huh. Yeah. Wow.
1: So those were, so those were my experiences growing up, and I took. A class from Alison Armstrong, um, on about men, and she was the one who put forth this idea that um, men's primary urge is to protect. Yeah. And that another primary urge is to um, is to make women happy. Hmm. Um, and she would send us out on experiments at lunchtime, and she would say ask for stuff, say, you know, I need some help with something, um, and-
0: Watch the men light up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they would just, and, and it was just, I could see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I went and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced, mm. and that was what I saw. And so now, I walk through the world with, uh, I'm just gonna cry the whole interview. Um, I walk through the world knowing that I am surrounded by protectors. Uh, Yeah, I know that whatever percentage or for a short period of time, that they're also gonna be violators, right? So am I. Hmm. I have been, I will be in the future, okay? But I know that I am surrounded by people whose primary gut base focus is to protect the people around them. Hmm. And when I walk around in a world full of protectors, I'm no longer walking around in my childhood messages, which are, you never know who your next attacker was gonna be. And so the experience that I have walking around in the world is amazing. It's warm and it's rosy glow-ish. And then, and so what I, what the thoughts that then come to me are like, how can I give back? I am positively affected. By you being a man, Hmm. by you sitting here being a man at this table in this room, I feel, hmm, I feel this exhalation of warmth and softness and strength. And I feel positively impacted just because you're a man. You don't have to fucking do anything. And I benefit. Really? That's my life? I get to live in a world where I benefit because you exist? (laughs) And so I was like, Fuck this and then so I was like how can I help how can I give back yeah and when and when I realized that my gifts are with words and my gifts are mm-hmm. with emotions and so when I see men accidentally stumble in their good intentions and I'm like oh I could help with that yeah like that's why I do what I do beautiful and why Why do I love men? Because I had shitty experiences growing up and so I never, I, I don't think that I developed this balanced view of hey there's good in the world and there's bad in the world mm-hmm. and there's good in my interactions with men and there's bad interactions mm-hmm. with men. So I have this whole history of like a whole bucket of bad shit and not a whole lot of in the bucket of good shit Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's sort of a backlog. There's like a, there's a a, 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 um, like a backlog of universal good shit with men that I could have experienced. <laughs> that it's it's like stored up, like it got blocked right. from my recognizing it. Oh. And I have opened the door. That class with Allison opened right. the door for me. And now there's this this <clears throat> backlog of truth of goodness about men that I'm like I'm walking into and I'm seeing it everywhere I go wow
0: what an what an amazing thing to feel and to hear and to you know to go back to where you started that this this um, talk that you, this march that you were at and mm-hmm. I, I feel like what you're sharing is there's a pretty big gulf. Between what you're sharing that your experience is and Mm -hmm. what a lot of women walk around feeling. It's a big gap there. Yeah, huge Huge. and um, Yeah, I mean men too, you know, I mean there's And I don't think many men get to feel ever maybe the amount of appreciation that you just exhibited (laughs) Just that simple pure appreciation. I don't think many men get to feel that
1: and I think it's magical so like you know, all of the bad shit that happened, right? If I were not so focused on healing, and I don't know where that came from, Mm. but if I were not so focused on healing, I wouldn't have gotten to the place that I'm at now. And so in this expression, like, you know, sure, I started in college and being like super feminist and super um, uh, political Mm. and super like, you know, women's march about this that and the other thing I'm not saying that those things are bad it was awesome Mm -hmm. I needed to express but my healing at that point was only expression got it it was focused on holding violators accountable right and there's more that's just part of the healing and I see a lot of people get stuck there and it's so sad when they don't have the guidance to say no wait there's more healing that's possible yeah, yeah. there's like how do you get to appreciation we're all magical fucking human beings and souls and how do we get to the full appreciation of our similarities of our connections and of our differences
0: i'm with you i i love that and i also feel sad because there's a gap there too to say that we're all you know magical Human beings with all of this, we're
1: capable of killing each other. Totally.
0: Well, right. Well, I just, I just don't. I think there's a gap, and a lot of people don't feel that we're necessarily so magical. Yeah. Right? There's just and a that, lot of sucks.
1: That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. going back to what you were talking about when I mentioned the unhealthy femininity part, I see it as like a, a quadrant. Mm. Um, so there's like top left corner, top right corner, you know, bottom left, bottom right. And there's health in one box, there's healthy femininity. Hmm. And in another box, there's unhealthy femininity. Mm -hmm. And in the other two boxes are healthy masculinity and healthy femininity. And this is regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. So for me, healthy femininity is like is receiving.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but go back to what you just said. This is regardless of gender. Regardless of gender. Can you say that again? And and let's let's slow that down, because I and this is why I don't use a whole lot of masculine, feminine language. Yeah. Because I think it fucks people up because I think it's almost impossible for mm-hmm. even me it's mm-hmm. impossible for me mm-hmm. to not feel compelled to be like like the, just that idea that masculine and feminine is is not a gender thing uh-huh. I really think it's a it's a mind fuck it's a total mind fuck so yeah, making clear <laughs> that healthy masculine, healthy feminine and un- unhealthy of both we all have them regardless of gender. Totally. Okay. I think that's important.
1: <laughs> so a side note that I would make about that is that um, I tend to think of it as like when I'm being masculine, when I'm in my masculine, I it's like I have a cock and I am penetrating. Mm-hmm. I am doing something to the world. I am giving something, hopefully good, could be not good, but, mm-hmm. but I'm penetrating the world. I'm penetrating time and space and your experience by telling you these words across the table, like my mm-hmm. voice is very like focused and I'm making a point, as opposed to when I'm in my feminine, right, and when I'm receiving, and when my pussy is softening and expanding and noticing peripheral vision and noticing things that make me happy mm. and taking them in and receiving and receiving and receiving. Mm-hmm so going so those for me are the two distinct that's what i get it
0: but here's the problem for <laughs> okay. like as a man and yes. for most men yes like when you talk about your feminine yes as your pussy opening and receiving yeah, yeah, yeah. what man's gonna say oh yeah i got that too
1: Every that's man, a fucking issue every man who inhales
0: okay I yes
1: Every man but, whose muscles soften yes, as he
0: relaxes. But but you are a wordsmith. You are you are your power is language, uh-huh. and there is something here. And and you know we've talked. There's like, in order to bring this stuff to large swaths of people, to I think we gotta be yes. so careful yeah. about our words here. And so, okay. I really think like, again, we're not gonna figure this out just in this yeah. talk here, but. <laughs> But if we can come up with non-gendered terms for these things, I think it would be massively helpful. I, I really do, or I even non-sexualized terms. I
1: think those terms are um, uh, are receiving, being receptive, yeah, and um, producing. Uh, I lost it. I I just had a word. Um, it's like producing doesn't have to be penetrating because that can be scary, sure. obviously. Sure. Um, but it's let's say say producing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like moving forward. Or it's sitting and waiting a bit and receiving. It's the inhalation and the exhalation.
0: Awesome! I fucking love that. It's less California.
1: <laughs> I love California, but I hate the hippie factor. Yes, I
0: know, dude. I know, oh, I know, god. and I, I'm overly sensitive about that. Oh my god, but, me too. But it's but I'm I'm really careful about that language stuff because because I I just watch men just be like. No way, man. Like it's anyway. All right. So you were you're going into the healthy and the unhealthy and the quadrants. Yeah, yeah. So
1: if we shift that language, let's say, and we um, and we go healthy producing and unhealthy producing. Yeah. And healthy receiving and (laughs) it's my wife. Hi.
0: (laughs) Keep talking. I'm just gonna let her know that we're doing a podcast.
1: Um so Healthy receiving is awesome. So let's let's start with um, unhealthy receiving. That's um, I'm laying in bed and I'm feeling the sadness um, of children across the world. And I'm f- overwhelmed with those feelings such that I cannot take action. I cannot healthily produce. Okay. Okay. I can't. Uh, and I'll just I'm I'm, going to keep using the masculine feminine words just because that's that's how I keep it straight in my head. And I'll translate it as we go. So I'm laying in my bed. I'm overwhelmed by unhealthy feminine, which is just unhealthy, which is overwhelmed by feelings to the point where I can't take action. Hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, the antidote for unhealthy wallowing in feelings would be healthy action. Hmm. It would be the unhealthy masculine unhealthy feminine, the antidote would be healthy masculine, would be healthy action taking, healthy producing. Got it. Except if you imagine, because I can only imagine that this has happened to you, is that there have been there's been a period of all of our lives where we've been laying in bed staring at the wall. I can't get up. Right. For whatever fucking reason. Right. Okay. The idea of using the antidote of um of healthy masculine or healthy production, get up and take action, is the furthest thing that you could possibly do. Right, right. And so the back door, so um, the other part of my theory is that then when you have the unhealthy masculine or the unhealthy production, the overproduction, the, um, uh, the, the doing, the feeling so much responsibility that you create this hard shell around you like and the weight of the world of the responsibility is pressing on your shoulders such that you say the only solution for this is to buckle down harder
0: you're describing my life (laughs)
1: you're turning pink (laughs) and this is when guys are stuck when or when people are stuck in unhealthy masculine or unhealthy Mm -hmm. production Right, they're like, I have to isolate and I have to do it alone and I should have fucking figured it out before.
0: Do it harder. Push do it harder. Push harder. Exactly. Do more. Exactly. I'm not taking on enough.
1: Well, the antidote for that is the healthy feminine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or the healthy receiving yeah. is, oh shit, actually, I need to reach out. This is so hard. <laughs> Uh, cue the no, the the choice part of our brain yeah oh i need to ask for help mm-hmm. oh i need to exhale i need to inhale i need to breathe i need to soften because you know what hard on top of hard doesn't go anywhere
0: dude that's huge
1: i think that the healthy feminine or the healthy receiving is the back door for everyone yeah it's just the way I, and maybe i'm wrong right And this is a theory anyway but I think when you're stuck in this, it's too hard, hard on hard, unhealthy production. How do, how do I ask for help? How can this be easier? The question, how can this be easier?
0: Hmm. What a cool question that is.
1: When you're stuck on the bed in the unhealthy feminine staring at the wall and you can't possibly take action, the healthy masculine, which would seem like the antidote, yeah. right? You got to just, because what happens when you're stuck on the bed people teach you to go into unhealthy masculine, into the unhealthy production, and they Mm -hmm. say, you just gotta kick yourself in the ass, you just gotta get up and do it. Yeah. And sometimes that works. And sometimes you're like, woohoo, thank you so much, how awesome. Mm -hmm. Except that most of the time, I don't think, I think that we cut off some part of ourselves in order to do that exactly.
0: Well, that's what I was just gonna say it works at what expense at what exactly at what expense right. What is it hurting or, or destroying?
1: So if instead we were to ask what's the easiest way to do this? What's the healthy feminine? What's the healthy receiving? How is there some way that I could receive? Is there some way I can mm-hmm. make this easier? Is there some way that I could ooze?
0: Mm-hmm. into
1: the next step Right like hey, what's the next step? Right? right in productivity. What's the next best step? Yeah, how can I ooze into it? How can I make mm-hmm. it easier? How can I ask for help? I think that that's a real key. How can I get to healing? Right. How can I get to healing from healing? How can I get to appreciation?
0: How can I take care of myself so that tomorrow I can work again or I can produce more? How, and how, how can, can I be I, how taken can, care of? Yes. Yeah,
1: how can part of me taking care of me be asking for help from other people as yeah. well. Because like it or not, we're independent beings. We're interdependent beings. Yeah. And our culture worships independence. And that is bullshit. Yeah, it fucking we are sucks. interdependent. Fa- factually, yeah. those yeah. are the types of beings we are.
0: You know, one, uh, this isn't a perfect analogy, but there is something happening. So in, in sort of guy culture bro culture right there there is there is a awakening to um in physical physical fitness specifically an awakening to stretching and yoga Mm -hmm. finally kind of (laughs) like on a larger mass scale Mm -hmm. that i think this idea that you either work yourself until you're broken or Mm -hmm. along the way you take care of yourself is becoming to be Mm -hmm. more it's it's not still mainstream mainstream right Mm -hmm. but it's it's more common and i think that there's there is a similarity there in our general human day-to-day life action where i i like this this quadrant really makes it very visual and simple mm-hmm. it's it's really it's easy so what is the um
1: and just to be fair ben wills is the guy who helped me come up with that cool he's in boulder and he we connected i don't think he's do i don't know that he's doing it anymore but he's a man who is doing woman coaching wow cool what my counterpart i don't uh, think he's doing now but he helped me come up with that one
0: one thing i have i would just want to make a note of so uh you've cried more than any man on this podcast so far (laughs) but it's so different it's i mean it's not different but it is different so and i think i mentioned you we had in my men's group two weeks ago we had uh we invited our partners and Mm -hmm. So wives and girlfriends, some just friends, Mm -hmm. but we invited women into our circle for the first time Mm -hmm. And I think I think I told did I tell you this but this young woman came in and like so every week we show up in essence to To reach out and be interdependent and practice Mm -hmm. both healthy Masculine Mm -hmm. and feminine Mm -hmm. just practice being healthy Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there's there's tears sometimes like guys get really there and, and like and sometimes every once in a while, a guy will really let go into that. Mm-hmm. But this young woman came in and in six minutes took us on like the most wild emotional rollercoaster. Like mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like just cried, mm-hmm. wept mm-hmm. openly mm-hmm. and then laughed mm-hmm. in the next breath. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm pretty... Well, maybe I'm not, maybe I lied to myself, but I'm pretty emotionally, um, fluid, mm-hmm. but man, not, mm-hmm. I'm not that free, <laughs> you know, it's different. <laughs> I mean, it's like a difference between a grizzly bear and a ballerina. I think, <laughs> <you know?
1: laughs> One way that I worked, uh, maybe not necessarily with that difference, but like the next, so for me, maybe it wasn't difficult to. Uh, you know cry and then laugh or to talk and cry and recover and keep talking but for me the next level up was crying in public Mm. right Mm because if something came up at lunch with a friend and then I was you know and if I were to tear up you know I used to like hide it or you know the message was like oh don't you know, pull yourself together, or you're in public, or people see you. And I'm like, what the fuck do I care about these people? I will mm. never fucking see them again. And you know what? I have a should about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I have a belief that we should accept one another as having more natural emotional range. Yeah. And if I am willing to do this in public, then maybe it, without showing any signs of like, shame or insecurity or anything, well, maybe that gives peop- other people more permission to be like, oh, look, she's crying and it's pretty normal. Because yeah. yeah, I'm a fucking human being and I have feelings, so I cry. Yeah. What, I only cry in public, What the f- in private? What is that? Yeah. That's bullshit. I feel all the time. Yeah. And so the more I can be open and be a stand, the more I can be open about my truth yeah. in every moment is more permission if other people see it and hear it, is more permission for them to do the same.
0: Yeah, I'm with it. I just feel relaxed when there's full expression of whatever it is. Yeah. I really do. I just, it's just, like, I don't care how wild it is, if it's, mm-hmm. like, the craziest shit ever, mm-hmm. if it's there, it just, I feel better. <laughs> and know?
1: that is, I actually think that that is a superpower that men have and can develop really oh yeah okay totally yeah they may not have access to it now Mm. but that you know when you know yourself really well and when you know this is who i am and these are My beliefs and these are the things that are important to me and this is who I am then whatever the fuck is happening out there Yeah It doesn't sway me off my center.
0: Oh man, something lights me like this This might be this lights me up this conversation lights me up like I I like shit to get crazy
1: (laughs) When you can welcome everything that happens then you're firmly your your head is clear, your eyes are seeing reality. You know who you feel your own ground, you feel your own internal anchor. Yeah. You can love the person who and feel compassion for whatever the fuck is coming up. Yeah. You can understand where it's coming from. You know that there's a time limit on whatever it is that's going on. Mm. And you know that you're gonna come back into yourself. You know that everything is gonna be okay tomorrow or one year or 10 years from now. You can come back to that equanimity. Yeah. And I think that men have an amazing gift to be able to do that. I think any time any human being can do it, awesome. And we should all go for that. And I think that y'all have some internal bodily Mm. access to that. It's a little bit easier
0: either yeah i wonder what that might be might be endocrine system or something i don't know what it is i know how to fe- i just know how it feels for me but i also do know that i can uh i i would almost not anymore but definitely parts of my life i'd default to to want to find that intensity rather and then not not be able to deal with the some of the more daily mundane nitpicky you know just be mm. kind of fuck that shit you know <laughs> but take me to the take me to the craziness <laughs> you might um, be
1: an eight with a seven wing then the sure yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah so
1: well i think if we're avoid seeking the intensity or avoiding it that's different mm. than the equanimous, equanimity place that i'm talking about right which is just like I know who I am. I know where my north is. Yeah. And then whatever else that comes, Mm -hmm. I can handle. Mm -hmm. That's leading me to think about secure attachment.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Okay. Uh, So attachment theory um, says that... um, it's the, it's the most core psychological dynamic that happens in us. It's the, it's the earliest psychological dynamic that happens in every human being. Hmm. Um, it's also precognitive, preverbal, and it's called pre psychological. Hmm. Um, attachment theory states that the way that we, um, that the connection with our primary partner now is as important to our psychological health. Um, and our f- just our pure physical health, yeah. as our primary connection was with our primary parent when we were infants. Wow! It's that having a that having one or maybe several um, really core, really really intimate connections um, throughout our lives is just the most valuable thing that we can possibly have Hmm. it's the most valuable thing that we can have in our allopathic western medicine based like it's what's going to keep us alive longest it's what's going to keep men alive the longest
0: so some of the last couple years the articles the studies the things like loneliness is worse for us than smoking or potato chips or anything basically yeah yeah this this is in the right same vein right exactly yeah
1: and it literally takes 3 i'm sorry i don't know the numbers exactly something like 5 to 13 years off our life hmm. to either not have a deep good personal connection in our lives or to have to have none or to have a bad one wow a primary, deep, intimate connection and relationship is that important?
0: Can that be? Can that be a, a non-partnership connection? Can that be a friendship that's deep? Can it, can it be a family connection that's deep? Does that does that count?
1: I think that when it involves all of us, including our sexual selves, it's going to be the most powerful type of connection. Okay. And if we if we're not asexual, if we you know yeah. have a sexual side, yeah. um, and any deep intimate connections are going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. The more not necessarily the more you have, but feeling like you have enough.
2: Yeah.
1: Feeling like you have more than enough rocks, but feeling mm-hmm. like you have enough is what we need.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, uh secure attachment means that so um, so they say that about 55 percent of us are have secure attachment as we grow up mm-hmm. most of us in the field are like where oh wow <laughs> where we yeah. don't we don't see it um, and so of course we're working with people who don't tend to have secure attachment but um, but still it doesn't we're we're wondering where these people are secure attachment means that, when I'm with my partner, that I love being with my partner, and I also really cherish my alone time. Mm-hmm. And it means that when I'm at my neediest, when I'm at my most triggered, that I can go to my partner and I am confident that they will welcome me in. Hmm. And that they will hold me as close as mm. I need them to hold me for as long as they as I need them to hold me. Wow. And then when I need to go, because one of the patterns is that we need to go away, um, one of the non, then one of the insecure attachment patterns, that when we need to go, that our partner will let us go, right? And they'll let us stay right. away, and they won't fault us when we come back, and they'll just welcome us with open
0: arms. Hmm.
1: So the comings and the goings between partners are smooth and easy and warm. Hmm. And we, even
0: when things are up in arms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that when they are up in arms, we're going to work extra hard. We're going to make sure we spend extra time and effort to make sure that our, that we are nurturing and nourishing our connections, especially during transition times, during coming, going, beginning of the day, end of the day, Mm. when life transitions are happening. Um, beginning sex, ending sex, mm. uh, when kids are coming and going, that we are always going to be that the most, and this is, um, this is the way I describe it, that the physiological regulation between the two of us is the most important thing in our entire relationship.
2: Wow.
1: So us being able to look one another in the eyes, stand close, feel warm, breathe into one another, that that physiological regulation means that, you know, with all of the EKG monitors, all of the sensors that could get hooked up to us, that we are calm. Hmm. That's what re- nervous system regulation means.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So physiologically, when our bodies and our nervous systems are calm together, and we get that calm from being connected, hmm that is the most important thing you can possibly do Hmm. to nourish a relationship. And you prioritize that above all other things in your relationship, that you are those physiological regulatory partners for one another.
2: Hmm. Wild.
1: And you're building secure attachment. You're saying, hey, Regardless of what is happening with the dinner burning or the kids yelling or whatever, we are going to h- look in each other uh, in, in each other's eyes for 15 seconds and hold hands, and we're just going to exhale and we're going to go. <sighs> right here. This is our moment of oasis. This is where our entire nervous system just calms down mm. and anything else is possible. We can handle anything else. This is that equanimity. Right. right that that men can provide for women when they get into that calm by themselves and when they say, you know what? I don't have as much estrogen in my body. So her emotions and her emotional world is going to be way more vibrant than mine. It's going to be way more tempestuous than mine. And so I get to have access to that slow, deep, embodied anchoring mm. and I can be that for her.
0: I know that I get a lot of uh, purpose and pleasure and joy out of being able to do that in my family. Like it's very real, you know?
2: <laughs>
0: so just to, to, to bring it back to the basics of this in case listeners haven't really heard much about this before. Mm-hmm. So secure attachment is Or your attachment whether it's secure or insecure is very much based on your early early experiences in life yeah
1: up to a year and a half two years
0: yeah and you've shared with me before that some people believe that um if you're insecure if if you don't have a secure attachment you're just stuck like that what would Mm -hmm. what would insecure attachment look like how would somebody recognize if it's what they okay and
1: just so that we can give a balance to what you just said um is that a lot of people also believe, and me being one of them, right. that if you're born that if you're born into a family and you're going to have insecure attachment because of the final, because of the family dynamics, mm-hmm. that um, you absolutely can heal it. Cool. So I'm yeah. in the camp of you absolutely can heal yeah. it. There's totally fucking hope. Cool. Totally. So insecure attachment. There's uh, there's anxious. Uh, there's avoidant. Mm. Um, there's disorganized. And then um, a lot of people, most people, I would say, lump in ambivalent with mm. anxious. Mm. And um, my therapist and I, my therapist always made a distinction, which makes sense to me. So um, a little bit, do you want a little bit about each?
0: No, probably asked not. Because you what they would look like. Yeah, yeah. I th- we probably don't have time to go. Um, we could probably do a whole nother podcast on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I? So the yeah. shortest thing, yeah. just because you yeah. asked the question. Yeah.
1: So what insecure would look like um, is that it was is that anxious would be leaning forward and clinging mm. and like I can't get enough connection
0: in relationships in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, in in primary really important relationships to them. Got it. Because it may not show up outside.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and avoidant would look like, oh, I need more distance. I'm going to withdraw as a habit. Yep. Um, and ambivalent is going to be ambivalent and disorganized can look similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but disorganized is like ambivalent on crack,
2: hmm.
1: way more intense. So ambivalent is like, um, honey, I miss you. When are you coming home? You walk in the door and they start a fight with you. Hmm. So it's come, come, but not that close. Hmm. Come close, okay. but not that close. Go yeah. away. No, no, come closer. So... Any so what we defined as secure attachment is an ease between mm. with the comings and the goings between uh, between mm. us. Yeah. Whereas anxious is holding on, avoidant is pushing away. Got it. Ambivalent is pulling and pushing.
0: Hmm. That is a tricky spot. that I I've, the last couple of years I've traveled a lot more than my wife because of having a kid. But coming back from trips is a very uh, is a very like tender time it's hard Mm -hmm. it's a hard time to Mm -hmm. get back in this sink totally yeah
1: that's the transition time and yeah there's a solution if you want to hear it quickly
0: sure please yeah (laughs) yeah, of course
1: (laughs) whichever one is transitioning home um is going to need transition time there's going to need they're going to need a little um in between time they're going to need a settling in time so giving them a little extra space Hmm. a little extra time so that they can settle will be ideal and they'll come in and they'll drop their bags and they'll do all this stuff and they'll take a little time for themselves Mm. and then they'll sort of re-engage and they'll come back out and they'll say hey honey tell me how was your week or whatever yeah and the one who's at home is going to want to bum rush the person who comes in the front door and they're gonna be like ah right so the person who first comes in is going to look a little more withdrawn a little more avoidant Mm. because it's going to be too much stuff to balance at once. Mm-hmm. And so they're gonna be holding back because there's too much stuff to balance. Right. The ones who's at home is gonna wanna cling on, like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. All of this kids are gonna do yeah, that all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And so it's best to, whoever is coming home, give yourself, track this for yourself. And this is Alison Armstrong stuff about transition time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sit in the car in the driveway or around the corner before you get home Get calm, get settled. Um, you so, you won't be able to, like, unload what's in your pockets, mm-hmm. you know, but you will be able to get more calm and settled. And then wait until you are feeling present and able to go inside and to be curious about the person inside. Cool. Um, and then you can go in. It's a helpful and, tip. And, you know, text each other on the way home, like, okay, I'll be home in 20 minutes, and then the person at home has a chance to, like, adjust and just yeah. – both of you know, transitions are gonna be hard. Yeah. Be super compassionate and gentle and patient.
0: Good tip. Um, so just so you know, probably about 10 minutes of time left and I, and I have a inkling that you're headed somewhere with this attachment stuff or, or there's more that you wanna say about it. Is that true?
1: Um, mostly just that my theory, which mm-hmm. is not proven in any way, shape or form, Is that men might that that women's gift is in is in pulling people in is in gathering them to be um, to be more connected. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's really yeah, just gathering them in. Whereas men's gift is and that looks more like unconditional love, like no matter what you do, like come in, come in, come back into the fold. Let me wrap my wings around you. Hmm. Let me like. Nestle in with me. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that men's gift is more like sitting there like David Data's mountain and saying, Yeah, I'm not unaffected by you. I still get wet in the storm. I still get shaken. I still, I think Owen Marcus describes it as be more like instead of being a stone in the river, be like a stick in the river. So you move, you're affected by it, mm-hmm. but you're still the one who's rooted. And I'm still able to love you as you come and as you go.
2: Hmm.
1: And so that's what I think is men's particular gift is to hold that place of equanimity and of groundedness and of I know who I am. Hmm. And that allows me and I have such clear long distance sight from being this tall mountain ah yes i oh yes i know okay this is an emotional storm coming up okay great well time for me to like hunker down get grounded open my heart know that this isn't about me know Mm. that this is a process that we need to go through and that tomorrow or next week or next month or next year we're gonna be okay Mm. the secure attachment is knowing we're going to be okay. Right. I'm going to be okay. Right. You're going to be okay. We are going to be okay. Yeah. And if someone can hold that place, what an incredible gift they can be. Hmm. And I tend to see, um, and my theory is that men have better access to that.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And I love that. Hmm. So any anything, it's only going to serve everyone when men develop that ability in themselves to be more secure attachment for a secure attachment figure for everyone, Yeah. all of us human beings, if we all work on developing more secure attachment in ourselves, we're going to be a benefit just to be around. People will enjoy being in our peaceful, grounded, calm selves. They'll just love being with us. It's
0: like the basic of the basics, Yeah. right? That's just like the I like what you said pre-psychological just fundamental It's what my TED talks about in different (laughs) words in in you know different words in a sense, but yeah, the way that I've phrased it Mm -hmm. is that I Think it's as protectors, you Mm -hmm. know our we Mm -hmm. you know in the past We've protected our communities and our people from saber-toothed Tigers and cave Mm -hmm. bears and ice ages and Mm -hmm. armies and all kinds of stuff and Mm -hmm. today I think it's, it's this, uh, we're, we need to protect ourselves from our repressed gunk and our disconnection and, mm. and we can create emotional safety around mm. us. Mm. That's, that's kind of the call to action that I'm, mm. I'm really fired up about right now. It's the way mm. that I'm saying is that, mm. yeah, we, we can become these touch points of safety for all the people in our lives. Yeah, And it is, it's that attachment. It's something to do with that. It's just that, um I'm okay and we can help spread that <laughs> okayness you know
1: an assertion yeah. of one's own mountain-like anchor like secure attachment I am safe yeah I claim myself as a safe being yeah and I will be a safe being for me and for you and for everyone around us mm-hmm and I demand that you be a safe being, too. So as a man, I demand that you as another man be a safe being yeah. for other men and for other women yeah. and for children and for whatever.
0: What else are we fucking doing if we're not doing that? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So oh, I love it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <sighs> I had one more sentence. What was I going to say? I totally flew away. Um, oh, I know what it was. In that in, in order to do that, going back to the quadrants, going back to the healthy asking for help, the healthy connection, like we can't fucking be that mountain <clears throat> on our own. Like
2: Mm-mm.
0: along the way. Like Mm-mm. that's just and again, I think that there's there's that's tricky. For my brain, and I know for other guys' brains too, mm-hmm. it's tricky to be like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be this mountain. And a mountain, you know, doesn't ask for fucking help or doesn't reach out. But that's 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 where I think I'm trying to be really careful because we do, we, we need, I mean, we can't ignore our own attachment needs. We can't yeah. a- ignore our own safety and expect to just go out there. We can't like... You know, I mean,
1: mountains exist in a range.
0: Yeah, good. In yeah. a mountain range. Sure. Yeah.
1: You know, and mountains didn't become mountains by themselves, they grew over time. Mm-hmm. And th- at some point, this analogy is going to break down. Yeah, sure. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, like, you know, we get to be securely attached because our parents give us that love and that security mm-hmm. and the freedom. They give us the security enough to be free and to go out and to explore and to fuck up and to say, "Come back, and I'll hug you when you're crying." Yeah. And then when you're ready, I'll send you off again.
0: Yeah. You know. You know what it. You know what I always come back to a lot of times, like when I close my eyes or keep them open, but I just imagine, like um, I'm, like the type of man that I look up to or would look up to, or if I'm creating him from nothing, or a father or a grandpa or a teacher. And it's it's all these things we're talking about, and it's 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 not a closed off, you know, isolated Mm-mm. hunchback. I mean, Mm-mm. God, of course not. Who wants Mm-mm. that? Nobody. I don't think anybody Mm-mm. actually wants that. Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. it's this open and connected and um, vibrant human that fills out the spectrum.
1: And that's the only like effective human that we can like that's the only way for us to be effective as humans right i mean we're not talking about like oh well what do you want in your chorus of core like yeah that's true because we're all built where our brains and our nervous systems are wired for secure attachment Mm -hmm. and the only actual way that we can survive as human beings on this planet at any time is by being interdependent yeah and by our parents teaching us security Mm -hmm. you know and and then us giving it to our kids and us giving us to our coworkers, and us giving it to our friends.
2: Yeah.
1: One really maybe hippie thing, but really cool thing, um, is when I imagine my dad, you know, and when I imagine that he did the best that he could possibly do with me, when I imagine that when I know that it's not my job to heal him or fix him or give, you know, instead when i imagine that he's got <clears throat> that he's got support that somewhere out in my imagination mm. if i imagine that he has support suddenly i feel myself being more free cool i feel myself being more resourced yeah when i just like let's, let's say i'm going to meditate on something if i meditate on my dad having resource I feel distinctly better. Wow. Um, and that's just, you know, my personal experience. Yeah. It's not, you know, fact and I don't know any of the science behind that shit. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool when I imagine like, you know what? My, I exist because all of the generations behind me, like you could say like, oh, I, my soul got chosen to be on this planet now. Like, you know what? My DNA created the perfect version of me.
2: Hmm.
1: All of the lineage that I have and all the generations behind me created me. Hmm. And so I'm the perfect one to be here on this planet doing this right now. And how can I give the most and the best that I can possibly do? And now I'm just rambling a little bit because no, I that's was great. Th- thinking about the intergenerations here.
0: So yeah, so we'll work towards some closing thoughts here. Um, but when I picture you imagine your dad having support, I mean Just based on our last 20 minute conversation That if your father had more attachment and more depth of connection and depth of intimacy Then I can understand why that would make you feel more comfortable I mean just directly Wow. Well, we could probably mm. do this, um, <clears throat> for a lot longer. We will definitely do it again. Um, Thanks. what would you like to end with? And also just a little short time for you to, to, uh, share with where guys can find you too.
1: Mm, cool. Um, uh, people can find me at appreciatingmen.com. men.com. Um, websites in transition. I'm working on bringing more attachment stuff into it. Um, I'll probably start a new website fairly soon called Appreciating Men's Groups. Hmm. Um, But there's a page on my website about the work that I do with men's groups. Um, And I'm traveling for the next year. Um, I'm working with established men's groups already because all of y'all already have this, this this understanding of the benefit of community and security Um, and challenge and support Mm. with other men. And so now I'm going in and saying, great, you guys already have that. I don't have to go onto the street and convince a man, like, hey, actually a men's group is a great idea. So what I'm doing for a year um, is that I'm traveling full-time just in the US and Canada, and I'm working with as many men's groups as possible by donation. Um so that any man who wants to come can come and do this. Um, and I help men deal with their issues about women. Hmm. So first in the night, I do my best to establish some trust. I ask I have them challenge me to get vulnerable so that I'm not asking them to be vulnerable without me having been vulnerable with them. Um, and so they can see how I handle challenge and how I handle intimacy, and um, am I a safe person for them to open up with? Um, and then we go progressively deeper so that um, so that they get an opportunity to use me as a projection screen. Yeah. and and they get to move through and leave uh, leave that night with, maybe less work through and, and maybe leave in the group, um, leave with me the stuff that they've, that women have either um, perpetrated onto them mm-hmm. or that women have neglected to care for them in some way. Hmm. Because in the same way that you know, men are perpetrators, women are also perpetrators, all human beings are. And so what I try and offer them is a space where they can say nope that shit's not mine like mm. I'm gonna Aaron I'm gonna leave that stuff um, here in this group tonight mm. and and they get an opportunity to work on it together not being the most clear in that description but
0: I think it's good oh. yeah amazing well thank mm. you for your time here and uh, guys you're... and women and everyone listening Uh may have to listen to this one twice. I think we went pretty deep and uh take care. Thanks Thank Aaron.
1: You. Thank you.
0: All right everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you got something really good out of that. I know I did. What a cool thing to be able to do this podcast and and speak to these incredible people because I gain from it every time it happens and it makes me really happy that other people can get something too. So Check us out, everyman.co. Check out our upcoming retreats. Our crop of men's groups around the country is growing. We have a bunch of groups going up in California right now. That's LA and San Diego and San Francisco and all over the place too. Austin, Texas is really heating up. We have two and maybe another group forming there too. Bozeman, Montana, we have two full groups and a third group maybe forming. What an amazing thing. So we are moving forward and I hope you are too. All right, have a good week. Take care.